I dreamed of traveling the long road, singing my songs to that distant stranger. Yes, I know it's sad for you, but it's something I got to do. And I will be coming home, back to the mountains, back to being free from all there is to be. Coming home to live and the life I once knew. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys with Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks Thanks for for listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. Last night I was thinking about something you said, and it occurred to me, you know, you told that story about Alessandra last night, and we missed an opportunity that I felt like we had, which was to say a quick prayer. We don't know what's going on in her life, but it stuck with me, and you made it sound like there wasn't only one time that Alessandra was sad. It was more than one time. Yeah. Yeah, and that's sad. You know, a child who is sad more often than they're happy. Life shouldn't be like that. You know? And so, I just want to say a quick prayer for Miss Alessandra. Father, thank you so much for putting it on our hearts to pray for Alessandra. I don't know exactly what's going on in her life and I pray that things for her right now are better, that she has more happy days than sad days. Father, we want to pray for her that she would receive that spirit of fullness inside of her that would reject the lie that she is anything but beautiful that she has anything but incalculable value. Father, she's one of your children and you love her. And I don't know if the attack comes from other people or from parents who are there or not there or from a perceived failure. I don't know what it is, Lord, but protect her against that lie that says that her identity is anything but secure in you because you love her. You created her. Not only did you create her, but then you purchased her with your life. And so we just pray this prayer over her and that she would be given a firm foundation in you. We know that even in our struggles, you work out all things for the good of those who are called according to your purpose. And we love you. We thank you for this. Amen. So tonight we are in chapter 16 of 1 Samuel. This is going to be a fun part of the Bible because we're going to start into the story of David. 
and obviously he is the most notorious king before Jesus Christ and I'm excited so let's pick it up in chapter 1 the Lord said to Samuel how long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel fill your horn with oil and be on your way I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem I have chosen one of his sons to be king but Samuel said how can I go Saul will hear about it and kill me the Lord said take a heifer with you and say I have come to sacrifice to the Lord invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do you are to anoint for me the one I indicate Samuel did what the Lord said when he arrived at Bethlehem the elders of the town trembled when they met him they asked do you come in peace Samuel replied yes in peace I have come to sacrifice to the Lord consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice when they arrived Samuel saw Eliab and thought surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord so Eliab is one of Jesse's sons most likely Eliab caught his eye maybe he was the the firstborn and maybe he was tall maybe he was good-looking maybe he just had broad shoulders I don't know when Samuel saw Eliab he thought that's that's got to be the one but that's not the Lord's plan the Lord said to Samuel do not consider his appearance or his height for I have rejected him the Lord does not look at the things man looks at man looks at the outward appearance but the Lord looks at the heart you know and that's a that's a beautiful thing because it works both ways if you feel insecure about part of your physical appearance then sometimes you allow that feeling to make you feel um, embarrassed or shy or like you're less than somebody else and likewise sometimes when you you know have a lean body or when you are tall or when you're good-looking or very charismatic you know that outward appearance sometimes you can have a sense of pride about how you compare yourself to others and I love that it's beautiful I think that the Lord he's interested in the heart you know and you guys are a little bit aware of just everything going on right now in our world and wouldn't it be a much better place if each person looked at the other person and only cared about their heart yes. instead of caring what they look like what their skin color is what language they speak judgment on people's behavior was settled in Jesus Christ and how the Lord wants to move in their life to transform them into the new creation that they can receive in Jesus Christ and what exactly that looks like in terms of their behavior 
that's up to them and the Lord, right? It's not our responsibility to judge them for that. So if we could just look at people with grace and what we perceive as their struggles of the heart and not judge them by their outward appearance, but by the fact that they were created by the same God we were and that the blood of Jesus Christ purchased them the same way it purchased us, regardless of what they look like and regardless of their outward appearance, it would be better. You boys agree? So I'll repeat that. Said The Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at things man looks at. Man looks at outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered, but he is tending the sheep. Isn't that interesting? It's like he didn't even think to bring his youngest. I don't know if Jesse was an absent father or a great father or what he was, but one thing you boys need to remember is that it is not the qualification of someone in this world who you need to identify yourself as having value. You know this. Your identity is in Christ. So even his own father disqualified David. It couldn't be my youngest. For whatever reason, I don't know the reasons, but even his own father disqualified him. Listen, let no one on earth disqualify you from a task, okay? Especially when it's the Lord's task. If you are called, it doesn't matter what people say or who disqualifies you. And it might not even be people. It might be a sin you've dealt with in the past, or it could be the evil one, even the devil, in your ear telling you you couldn't possibly do that. Look at what you've done. Look at how dirty your past is or look at what you're struggling with. You don't have any place in the Lord's work. He wouldn't choose you to do this task. You couldn't do that. That's good. That's good. And if you ever do, reject it. Because that's a lie. That is a lie. Now, it doesn't mean that everything that comes into our mind, every thought that pops up, comes from the Lord, right? That's what growth and maturity is, is we learn to discern what the Lord is saying in our heart versus what we're thinking. And almost 99% of the thoughts I have come from between my shoulders, my flesh, okay? So I'm still growing in, in, uh, in this as well, but... That's just part of our life, is learning how to discern that, right? And giving yourself a little bit of grace when you don't know. But the point is, it is not the job of other people to disqualify you as more than enough for anything God puts before you. So you reject those lies, rather they're voices of others, or rather they're voices of the evil one. Reject them for what they are. Samuel said, send for him, that's Jesse's youngest son. 
we will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent and had him brought in. He was ruddy, with a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, Rise, and anoint him. He is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. Do you boys remember, what is it that allows us to receive the Spirit of power inside of us? Communion? Okay. Well, okay, communion's a good example because what is a communion an illustration of? Um, so the blood and the body of Christ. That's right. And so it is the blood that has purchased this right for us. Without the blood, we're still held accountable for our sin. When the only sacrifice that would actually suffice to forgive sin was made on the cross in Jesus Christ, that blood washed away all our sins, past, present, and future. And because we no longer have sin holding us accountable, the Holy Spirit can now live in our bodies. Before, it was impossible for us to be made spiritually alive, right? Because the Holy Spirit cannot live inside of our bodies while they're still guilty with our sin. But Jesus Christ offers the good news, which is that he died and he paid for every sin so that we no longer live according to that but we live in the freedom of being forgiven of all our sins. And the Lord says, our sins and lawless deeds, he remembers no more. And that's the exchange. And now when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we get to inherit the spirit of power. Does that mean that we're gonna be able to do you know, magic tricks? No, it's all for the glory of the Lord. And I've noticed in my life that there are some times when I walk confidently and firmly in that power. And we've seen where we've done things that we know the hand of the Lord was involved. And at times I've thought, oh, I can repeat that by doing that again. But it's never really been about me exercising the power. It's always been when I submit the Lord's will and I participate in the way he wants to use his power through me. Does that make sense? Yes. And as we become more and more aware of his presence and his word in our life, I've noticed that more and more. Maybe for some people it's it's like automatic when they get, you know, when they get saved in Jesus Christ, there's, you know, this, uh, this moment like at Pentecost when the spirit came upon the disciples and then from that point on there's like this drastic shift but for me heart transformation has been something that takes longer and i'm okay with that because i think if the lord wanted to help trans help me transform my heart faster he would do that he would do that if he wants to take my whole life to transform it just a little bit i'm okay with the decisions he's going to make regarding that what I have to remember in the moments between is that His grace 
given at the cross is sufficient for all of my shortcomings. So I can have peace and rest and wait on him to finish the work he started. The power of the Spirit being on David is no little thing. And we're going to see the impact it's going to have on his life going forward. I love you guys. I love you too. Yeah. You guys are good kids.